Before we kick this show off, let's hear a word from our sponsors. So it's been a full season for the Under Pressure Outdoors crew in the Hasmore Outdoor Products Silent Seat. And let me tell you, they're worth every penny. And here are some reasons why. Number one, you can't beat the comfort level. Number two, they don't hold in moisture like rain or sweat. Number three, they completely fold out of the way when you stand up, giving you a full range of motion in your climber. And number four, they cut down on your setup and breakdown times dramatically. Don't just take our word for it. Use offer code UPO15 and get 15% off your silent seat and many other U.S.-made accessories for your climber today. You can find Hasmore Outdoor Products on Facebook and hasmore.net. That's H-A-Z-M-O-R-E dot net. And in the link in this podcast description. I'm your host, Will Krebs, and this is the Under Pressure Outdoors Podcast. We got to go back through and cover the fact that we told everybody last week that the crawfish boil was on the 27th of May, and now we've moved it to the 20th. 20th of May. 20th of May. So as not to compete with Memorial Day. Right. Kids getting out of school. Right. Is it almost that time already? Mm Mm-hmm. Ah, that's great. The school zones will be closed for a while. I know. Makes that drive to work a little quicker. I don't have that problem. Like you have a long drive to work anyways. Yeah, it turns it from uh, like nine minutes down to like six or seven. Oh, poor thing. <laughs> wish wish I had that. Hey, I just so happened to, you know, find a job near my house. It's not my fault y'all chose to find jobs that were an hour, hour and a half away. 35 minutes, buddy, now. Jim has the shortest drive to work. Yeah. From the bed to the office? <laughs> Do you make it that far? Today I had to go all the way to New Smyrna. I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> he said, shit, I might actually have to put pants on today. <laughs> but, so, as I just said, the crawfish bowl is on May 20th, 2-0. And there's already up there in that group a bunch of stuff starting to get given away, including a dang... 23 horsepower yeah. mud, mud walker mud walker 20 23 or 23 horsepower mud walker surface drive oh that's already is that going to be given away there or it will be you will you will walk away with it that day it'll be in the back of my truck on the way home good uh, you I like plan on buying a lot of tickets never know it's probably going to be the one thing that most people buy tickets for it'll what only you, take one what you don't want to have happen is to have cameron gordon show up and only buy one ticket. Yeah. He'll win that sucker. It only takes one, guys. Oh, no. He yeah. proved that quite well at our, our pig roast when he gave away that dang obsession bow. And I bought $100 worth of tickets, and Jordan bought $100 worth of tickets, and everybody I bought, bought $100 worth of yeah. tickets. He bought one ticket for 20 bucks and won it. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe I'll buy too many. Yeah, start buying one ticket. <laughs> <laughs> then you're not out so much, and you're not yeah, whining yeah. about it. It's hard to buy one ticket when it's for a good cause. Yeah, true. But uh, let's see this this weekend when you're listening to this is the uh, 
Ducks Unlimited Youth Hunt on February 11th. So when this comes out, it'll be T-minus like four days if you're listening to it on Monday. Yeah. It will be sold out by then. We had 96 of our free tickets sold uh, as of this morning. So I assume the other four went today. I believe the registration is going to be closed tomorrow morning. Dang. But you can still support the hunt. Probably, yeah, you might not even be able to support it as of uh, Monday, hopefully. We still got 32 tickets for sale for the three-gun winner-take-all. Good deal. Well, hopefully by the time it comes around, we'll just been talking about it, and then it'll be happening. Uh, but then shortly after that comes the Wood Duck Nesting Box install on February 25th, and we do now have another boat for that. Um, I got a guy from work that's going to get a boat and bring his bring it out there to help install some stuff. Nice. I think we'll have five or six boats. Yeah, that'll be good. Five, yeah. six boats, you know, we could do. Well, my cousin's not coming anymore. Four or five boats. <laughs> <laughs> Three or four. <clears throat> but we'll blame our, the, blame, blame the other Matt for that, okay? Did, we'll divvy up the, the nesting boxes and get them put out across the Harris chain. Because we're meeting at... Um, Hickory, Hickory, Hickory Point. Point. I want to call it Cypress Point. Hickory yeah, yeah. Point. Hickory yeah. Point Park. Different tree. Into Varys. Yep. Yeah. A very big boat ramp. Pretty place. Lots of bathrooms. Lots of parking. Neat little boardwalk there if you want to go on that after we put them out. Never been. And a hell of a beach volleyball court, man. Yes. Yeah, there is. You know what? You can play the Olympics there. Depending on the weather. <laughs> you just I hope that there's somebody there playing beach. Just hope there's somebody there playing beach volleyball and we go. Not if they look like me. <laughs> I'm putting Me and Briar out there. Is, yeah, we're going to put you, East, and Will, and Briar on that court. <laughs> That's the Did, winning team. I wonder if I put in it like Eustace would be. That's a quite a haul. <sighs> if the water's nice, it won't be that bad at all. Um, and then, uh, let's see. April 21st is a Ducks Unlimited dinner uh, with UPO. Have we sold any tickets for that yet? Probably a few, but not. Well, the the dinner is sold tickets. The dinner is sold tables. I don't know if we've sold any. We haven't really promoted it as well as we should on our end, um, because so much has been going to the youth hunt. But uh, and I think we've got that the ask right now that is up to go to our cash app um, handle. So unless you if if you've seen one come in, <laughs> you would know. Um, I have not, but yeah. it would be probably wouldn't be a bad idea to go ahead and create a. a uh, product listing on our website we can we can just do a product listing for that and you can buy it straight from uh uponation.co you'll be able to find that there with your uh upo gear hats and stickers we'll crank it up once we get past the youth hunt Uh, you know it's kind of hard we got youth hunt we've got ducks unlimited we've got crawfish boil we'll take it we'll take your whole paycheck and throw it all into conservation and fun stuff yeah (laughs) and then after After the uh, Ducks Unlimited dinner comes the fifth annual Swanee River Fishing Expedition. And that oh, is... We're ready for that one. Yeah, 3 to 7 May if you're going to do the five-day, 50-mile trip. Or 5 to 7 day, May if you're going to do the three-day, 30-mile trip. Cinco de Mayo. Yeah. I hope we don't be sinking nothing. <laughs> yeah. that'd, be, that'd be a great time. <laughs> yeah. Canoes <clears throat> canoes aren't very easy to sink. In fact, most are pretty much impossible to sink. You can get them to sit like level with the water. Yeah, Tristan. That would still uh, be fun. 
Tristan and them tried it last year. Yeah. If you get too hot, just half sink your tornado. And then no, just not with all your stuff in it. It's, it's not, not fun. It's fine. <laughs> Put it all in dry bags. You'll be good. That is, <clears throat> that's it for the events. That's all we've got coming up. And, and then, then after that, it's hunting season. Yeah, a few months after that. <laughs> <laughs> that's the next event, right? It's fishing season. Fishing season, man. That's only May. <clears throat> so we could, we've talked. We've talked loosely about putting together a fishing tournament. I don't know if we have to do as grandiose as that statewide thing you and I laid out a little while ago, but we could. It's possible. There, I mean, like I said, like we, we said before, there's apps out there for that. Bow fishing tournament. It'd be a lot easier to put together a regular fishing tournament. I don't think so. There's apps for a regular fishing tournament. Uh, yeah, and a lot more appeal. Yeah. Broader appeal. But... So this week we've got uh, we've got Rick Stewart with us from Racks or Tails Outdoors, and we got him in on Zoom from North Carolina. And I'm your host, Will Krebs. We got Easton. What's going on, with Jordan? I'm here. Let's get it, Jim. Yes, sir. Briar. Hey, all doing? And Rick. How's it going, guys? Uh, Rick, tell us a little bit about. Uh, Racks or Tails Outdoors, how you got your start and so on. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, it really started when I was in college, um, just kind of getting out of getting out of school. And, you know, I knew I was going into construction. I knew I was going to be working. So uh, just trying to find, you know, kind of a side project. And back then it was uh, – it actually got started as a like a T-shirt company, you know, trying to be the next bucked up or something like that. Yeah. Um, well, back when Bucked Up was... I was going to say, I don't think you'd want to end up like Bucked Up. Yeah. No, there <clears throat> but just, uh, you know, started with that. Started with, you know, some designs, stuff I still got sitting around kicking in the closet. But uh, kind of got a loan for it. Kind of did stuff all the ways. I wish I, you know, knowing what I know now, when I started, I wouldn't have done any of it the same as far as how I got product and did all that. So, uh just got to a point, you know, got life got in the way and I was like, man, I got, I got to put this away and kind of, you know, hung it up for a little bit. And then, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what it was. It was just a couple of years ago. It was, uh, I just kind of got to drive, you know, to, uh, you know, I always wanted to tell the, the stories we have in the woods. Um, and it really came from, a, you know, part of it was just, you know, I've always just kind of had a, a want to uh, write and uh, I figured what better way to do that than with you know, our hunting stories and things like that but it was also um, one of our mutual mutual buddies Brad you know he he had his kid and I just kind of started thinking about you know all the stupid and fun stuff me and his dad have done you know in the in the woods together and I was like you know it we're always going to remember that and we'll be able to you know tell the story or whatever, but just kind of wanted to write it down to keep it for, you know, like his kids when they grow up, you know, they can go back and read kind of what his dad, their dad did when they were young, young and stupid. Uh, you know, same thing for any of the people that, you know, are part of our hunting camp or, you know, that I fish with or things like that. And uh, writing was really just always the way that I was better at, portraying the story you know i'm just another simple dumb redneck from apopka florida so i was uh 
I always could write better than I could speak. And uh, I just just tried to keep that going. And, uh, you know, it started with, uh, it actually started with my wife's first turkey hunt. Um, was kind of the first big article I wrote. And it was just kind of writing that down while it was fresh in my mind. And, uh, you know, put some pictures to it. And I was like, you know, it don't cost me anything to write a blog. Um, you know, it costs for the website. It costs, but that's about it, you know, and um, just put that up there and tried to uh, bring a little bit of the passion that I have for, you know, hunting and fishing and pretty much anything outdoors to just try to bring that through that, you know, maybe, maybe someday some random, random kid scrolling does something. Do you have a goal to write an article a week or an article a month? Or is it just something that you write them when they, when they come to you? Well, you know, I had a stockpile of some as they, they came as I just kind of got back into it. Cause I, I started it, you know, right before COVID hit and kind of let it fall to the wayside dealing with, you know, things in COVID and work and change companies for work. So I kind of put that to the back burner and focused on what I needed to, to, you know, kind of grab some tenure at a place again. And, um, you know, I just got back into it here recently and, you know, obviously I got right back into it right when hunting season stopped. So there kind of goes my weekly, uh, stories from the woods, but, uh, you know, I'm going to keep it as much as I can with content, you know, probably fill it a little bit with, you know, it's the off season now we're all getting, getting our gear redone and, you know, figuring out what we're going to do for next year. So probably that kind of stuff as we go through. But, uh, you know, during hunting season or during the summer when there's actually fishing trips going on, I'll definitely make sure that I get it out as often as I can. But it's kind of hard for me to set, you know, a weekly thing when I'm not, you know, I'm not some of these wired to hunt guys where I'm, that's all I got to do for a living, you know. I've, I don't really want to write about putting concrete block up or dealing with dumb <laughs> subcontractors for <laughs> Yeah. I, yeah. yeah, I don't think people. If you don't write, I, I don't know if people really appreciate how much time say goes into a 500 word article. It's only 500 words. If you were to write it out, it'd only be about one page. Or you'll see that 500 words gives you just enough to kind of fill up a page in a magazine, plus put a picture in there and maybe an advertisement. And it seems pretty easy, but man, you 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 start to write and then. Either you get halfway through and you're like, oh man, I got to fill this out, or you start to write and all of a sudden you realize you got a thousand, fifteen hundred words in there, and then you got to kind of cut it down, and you got to cut out the rambling, you got to cut out and, and just bring it down into something that's concise and entertaining, and it's funny just to, you know, to write a five hundred word article, it's several hours to to really get it down and, and get it entertaining. Do you find yourself? Do you find when you write? Do you find do you find yourself ever going back after reading what you wrote after you wrote it and be like, who the hell said that? Oh, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> so generally when I write, you know, it's, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm one of those people, we all know how it is. You work a, an 8, 10, 12-hour day. You know, the last thing I want to do is come sit down in front of a computer. You know, I want to spend time with my wife and relax. So really I get I get to work pretty early in the morning, um, well before people are starting on shifts. So. A lot of the times I'll get in there, you know, 30, 40 minutes before the rest of the crew shows up and I'll just, I'll hammer out what I can. And, uh, you know, so mine generally I'll, I'll write when I got something on my mind and I can normally flow through when I'm, when I get into the groove of it. But 
you know, if I got to stop and I can't, I got to be kind of in the groove with it. If I stop and then go do something like it's normally the next morning when I'm clear headed and ready to write that I can hammer it back out again. But I generally just write. I don't even worry about a proofread. I don't worry about anything. I just, I get the words on paper and then, then I spend the day or the day or two just going back through and cleaning it up. But, uh, a day yeah, or a day or two. That's what I mean, man. It's yeah. it's not easy. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's there's things online now that help, you know, with the, you know, grammar or punctuation, you know, stuff that I paid attention to a little bit in school, but I didn't fine tune as much as I should have. But there's stuff for that kind of thing. But, you know, if you if you just let something just correct the grammar in it half the time, you know, there's there's certain things we all know as hunters that are sayings or or phrases or something we use that the computer wants to correct. And it's like, no, 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 I, I meant to say it like a redneck. Like, that's exactly what I meant to say. Yeah. <laughs> I meant to say you used to could do that. Yeah. <laughs> Big blue line across the whole thing on word, right? <laughs> yeah, but see, I saw I saw you, that comment on Facebook today, Dave, today, Jim, when you said you used to could do, but you used too many words to say, Used to could. That's, I know used to could's only word. one word I know, but yeah. I was writing it for Yankees. Or used to used to and could. No, it's just U U S T A C O U L D. Used to could. Used to could. It's yeah. a word. Yeah. Sensuous. <laughs> Sensuous, yeah. Sensuous yeah. up and grab me a beer. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Jeff Foxworthy had a whole dictionary. And I used to have that when I was younger. Jeff Foxworthy's dictionary of redneck words. Yeah. And stuff like that, and how you use them in a sentence. There's a lot. <laughs> there is. He definitely could fill that whole book up. He did. He did. <laughs> he did. <laughs> I just want to know who misspelled Aker. There's no Owen Kern. <laughs> so you're you're it's the English Aker Friday. Aker. It is Aker. Haven't you listened to Bear Grace podcast? It's Aker. Yeah. I mean, that's like pecan versus pecan. Pecan's what you do outside. When you Listen, beer. the only valid argument I've ever heard to that is it's not a trash con, it's a trash can. Yeah, but it's not a pecan, a pecan it's a pecan. That's what I'm saying, though. Like, you still have to see it. It's not a trash con. In some places, it's a pecan. Pecan, yeah. Pecan. So I'm saying that's the only plausible valid argument I've heard. All right, they, they each their own. It's It's the English language, guys. It's... A lot yeah. of people don't understand it. You started this thing way back when. I say way back when, probably 10, 12, 15 years ago. And then it yeah. kind of fell off. And then now you've kind of reinvigorated the want to have it going again. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, it, it comes back to, you know, people do a lot of stuff for, you know, I think when I was getting out of, you know, college or whatever, I was like, man, I could. I can put some cool logos or something on a shirt. People like them, buy them. You know, it was it's kind of a money-driven thing back then. And, you know, this this thing right here that I'm doing, you know, I may never, you know, I may never make a cent off anything I do with this. But, you know, for me, it's been, I found it more here recently. You know, it's, everybody always talks about leaving work, leaving work at the gate when I leave a construction site. You know, that having this has been, uh, has definitely been the, uh, you know, I leave work and it's, I don't think about work once I leave. I'm I'm thinking about what can I be doing with this? What can I be 
writing about what can I be putting out there for somebody to read or, you know, hopefully some, I mean, the big goal would be, you know, some random kid on Facebook picks up an article almost like, you know, I may listen to one of y'all's podcasts and he's like, man, I want to hunt. I want to fish. You know, that's, you know, if I can do that for somebody, like that's good enough. And, uh, you know, that'd be good enough for me to, to hang it up on if, if that was the case. But, you know, it'll, it'll be something that I do as long as, long as I can type and, uh, you know, obviously maybe add some, you know, some better photos some some maybe short videos or something over the years, something to go with it. Uh, you know, I wrote a turkey hunting article not too long ago and I had, uh, I got to find out the hard way that, uh, and not paying attention, you know, I filmed a, a turkey through the turkey blind and, uh, thanks for really crappy video. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, I need to make sure that you know, if I'm going to get content for these articles that, you know, I got to, it's kind of a double-edged sword. I've got to perfect the writing side, but then you've still got to get good at getting the content side of it to grab somebody's attention. You know, words only do so much to grab somebody off the internet to want to read it or want to look at it. So, well, you, you know, know, I'm sure you guys do that all the time. So we <clears throat> we've had our fair share of learning experiences we didn't start sitting in the studio you're looking at sitting around the table in fact I'd, I'd venture to guess that the first the entire first episode of our or fire and entire first season of our podcast was the majority of them were spent standing not sitting well see i yeah. think we actually me and you actually did a podcast that never aired that was spent. We sat uh, probably about right where I'm sitting right now, on around each a side broken of... Singer sew machine table, <laughs> <laughs> with with this being one full open garage. Yeah, yeah. What was that? The feller said yes last last podcast about how we got into the business, and it was like, well, we didn't really know what we were doing. We just kind of fell into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> just uh, picked up a cell phone and started recording podcasts on it. We'll have it all figured out just in time to die. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) You know, it's funny. You know, as as you're talking about that, Rick, you're saying you'll type as long as as long you'll keep writing articles as long as you're able to type. And I'm thinking, man, with the way technology's going, uh, I would hope by the time you know, like you and I are too old to move our fingers to type, I I doubt you'd actually have to touch any keys to put words to paper. Yeah, they uh, they've already got you know something you can talk and text through, but. I bet uh, you just have to think it, and it starts appearing on the screen at that point. Yeah, I mean, that, that would work for me if I could think it and do it. But I've, I've tried, you know, even with my, you know, an AirPod in or something, had one of those talk to text and be like, man, I can speed this up. And I don't know what it is with me, but my connection, it's almost my connection to the key type thing. Like, I've, I've got to be typing it. So right. I'm about typing it to me. I can I can let the words flow out. But I try to think it and talk it. You know, if I'm thinking and typing, my fingers are so used to going across the keys, I don't even have to think about it. But when I got to think and talk, I'm like, that didn't sound right at all. And now it's all messed up on paper. I'm spending more time going back, correcting what I just said than just typing and moving forward. So, yeah, talk about uh, being being a, a dumb redneck. Half of the time I try to do a speak to text, it comes up and throws out 15 different other words that I didn't even say. Like the sentence doesn't even sound right anymore. It's that old English. Yeah. <laughs> or you think you turn the speak to text off and you go back to having a conversation with somebody else. The next thing you know, that one line you tried to send is now an entire paragraph of what you've been saying to somebody else. Yeah. 
Now, yeah, and they put commas in everywhere. Like, why is there a comma there? I, I don't know. It's broken. Did you ever, uh, I assume you took, like, keyboarding in high school? Jim, when we were in high school, the keyboard was in our pocket. They didn't have typing or keyboarding class when you were in high school? We no, had, we had, we had so. a typing class when we were in, like, elementary school. Yeah, I, I say I had, like, a computer class we could learn to type when I was in middle school. But by the time I got into high school, everybody had keyboards in their pocket. Yeah. Ah, back in my day, they taught it, like, in 10th grade. Yeah. And I remember thinking, what the hell am I ever going to use this? Now I'm like, man, I really am glad I took that typing class. See, and what's funny <laughs> is I look at that now and I'm like, why Why the hell would anybody ever need to take a typing class? I'm glad I didn't waste time trying to do something like that. You know, you know the home row and all this stuff? Yeah, I understand things? that. But, I mean, from using a smartphone and everything else, I know where all the keys are. You got technique? Makes one of us. You took a keyboarding class at some point in your life. Nope. You? Really? Mm-mm. Wow. No, that didn't go anywhere. You can edit that right out of the podcast. <laughs> Showing your age again there, Jim. And Jim shows his age. Yeah, here's Briar again. there. He's chicken pecking. Yeah. I had to do yeah. it too. It's okay. See what it's I mean? Fine. It'd take you guys about six months for a 500-word article. Yeah, but well, I don't I don't, I don't. chicken peck. I tight with both my hands. I can chicken you know, peck real fast. If I could do it with my thumbs, it'd probably be a whole lot faster. <laughs> <laughs> but... You know, I was thinking when you were talking about like leaving work at the gate and thinking about writing how sometimes I'm just, I I haven't really written anything in in a good while, but if you genuinely enjoy the topic that you're writing about, sometimes, I mean, writing can be just a genuine release. Like it, it feel, it feels good to get it out. Yeah. And I mean, that's, some of these just, you know, some of them flow out and, uh, you know, the stories seem to flow out, you know, the, the trips, the, the, you know, the turkey hunts, the deer hunts, like those seem to flow out. It's the, uh, I'm finding now it's kind of in this off season, the, the filler stuff is what's like, man, I gotta, you know, try to put something out just to keep content out there. And it's, you know, Luckily, it's it's still wrapped around stuff I like to do, so I can I can hammer it out. But it's uh, it definitely you know remembering a story and just typing it, just that stuff flows out. It's the it's the you know writing writing about gear reviews or things like that, where it's like you know now I've got to concise something down. I'm trying to get the point of like, here's what's great about it. Here's what I like about it. You know, if you like it, buy it. If you don't whatever you know but uh, yeah. the, uh, you know those those things are what's getting getting a little tough but you know that's why we all wait all year work and wait for hunting season do it again then get some more stories to flow out but um you know luckily i got a couple of cool trips coming up this this summer in the off season to kind of get that get that uh the new stories whether there's fish and game caught or killed on it i'll at least have the story of where i'm going so you know what's funny when we started our podcast i think we probably had maybe a week or two weeks left of deer season that year yeah because we started it <clears throat> like the first one came out the first week of january in 2020 two no tw- 2019 sit tight we'll be right back with a word from our sponsors As we move through life, it's inevitable that we're going to find ourselves needing trusted advice from legal counsel. From business transactions to real estate, 
lawsuits, or contract matters. We all need advice and assistance from time to time. Attorney Roman Hammes, multi-state law practice, focuses on litigation, business law, and real estate. Roman helps individuals and business owners find solutions to their legal problems. If push comes to shove, Rome is an experienced litigator with extensive trial experience and the ability to take it all the way. He's been named Super Lawyer every year from 2016 to present, a distinction given to only 5% of practicing lawyers. Most importantly, Roman is an avid hunter, angler, conservationist, and proud supporter of the UPO Nation. When you need dependable legal counsel, call Roman, 407 480-6050 or 843-324-1727 or email roman at romanvhamas.com that's r-o-m-a-n at r-o-m-a-n v-h-a-m-m-e-s dot com offices florida and South Carolina. January 2019 was when the first one came out. And at that point, you know, hunting season's about over. You, you've got a matter of weeks left, and then we just jump straight into a whole summer. Blasphemy. Yeah. Hunting season ain't over when deer season ends. <clears throat> well, no, you got yeah. small game and turkeys and all the other yeah, stuff. But it ends in what, May. What most of us, what, what most people know as hunting season, uh, when you're talking big game, is over in January. Unless you want to go up, you know, I mean, Alabama's got season damn near into February and Florida runs into February. Some of us are a little more ate up with it than others. <laughs> I mean, if you want, if you want to be August. technical with it, if you want to be technical with it, hunting season in Florida never ends. Not with pigs. pigs, rabbits, yeah, pigs, all kind of, iguanas, coyotes. Yeah. Oh, coyotes. don't tempt me with an iguana hunt. I still want to do that. That sounds awesome. You ever try and get out and and do some small game hunting? Uh I mean, we've gone out a couple times. You know. We'll go out, you know, in the off season or not really off season, right at the end of deer season and go, you know, like squirrel hunting and stuff up there. Um, it's not as, it's not that great in pine trees. Uh, yeah. You know, they're, they're there, but I've been after a, a fox squirrel since I started hunting up there. And uh, every time I see one of them things, I've either got a 308 in my hand, a bow or a very high powered rifle. And I'm like, don't let the bow that. stop you. Yeah. Hey, Just listen, with the bow. we we used to have a stand at our old at one of our old leases in Georgia that I knew every time I hunted there, I consistently saw fox squirrels. So one day I carried a twenty two Magnum and my regular deer rifle to the tree stand, saw the fox squirrel, shot the fox squirrel, and finished out my hunt with my regular deer rifle. Ha- have I ever told the story about when I was attacked by a fox squirrel in the tree stand? <laughs> I'm that might have sure. been a squ- scary story. Then. I didn't know it was a fox squirrel. You got attacked by a gray squirrel, I thought. Oh, it was definitely a fox squirrel. Big old gray fox squirrel. But did, I, did I tell that one on that podcast, the scary stories? 
Well, now you've let us in. Well, I so is this is the one in tree stand seat. This is no, this no, no, no. This is the one that was where me. I was, he, that was that was okay. yeah, Jordan with the squirrel in the tree that stand seat. That might be the seat. one I was thinking of. Um, I was I had come down from. I probably came over from Fort Stewart, and I was hunting with my dad on the lease that they had in around Cuthbert, and I was sitting in the tree stand, and it was just kind of pissing rain a little bit that morning. So I'm sitting in like a we called it a box ladder, just a box stand built on top of a ladder instead of freestanding. It's leaned against a tree, and I'm sitting there, and it's nice and quiet, and the rain's falling, and I'm watching, and I feel the tree stand shake a little bit, and I'm like, I feel like something's coming up the ladder and i'm like nah i'm crazy man there's nothing because i didn't see anything out around me and uh i sit there a little bit and i feel it move again and i'm like that definitely feels like something's climbing up the ladder and i kind of like look out the back to see if something's on the tree or something i don't see nothing and then i feel it again and i can hear something it's like there's something on the fucking ladder so I'm like, okay, I got kind of. At this point, my heart is racing because what the heck is climbing the tree stand ladder to get in the tree stand with me? So I pulled my right, I set my rifle back, and I grabbed my 22 Magnum pistol, and I kind of stood up and I leaned out the front window of the, of the uh, box, and there's a look like a two foot long, ten pound fox squirrel <laughs> right in my face. And I screamed and shot and missed. And uh, <laughs> I don't know why I just snorted. <laughs> I, I think we we equally scared each other just as bad. I try to. I know I deafened him because he jumped to the ground and laid there and sat there for a second, just kind of sitting on the ground, kind of trying to collect his thoughts and second guess his life choices. Uh, and I shot again and missed him because I was still just shaking after that. And he went off on his merry way. But good Lord, man, I, just that is an eerie feeling knowing something. I could feel that sucker coming up that, that tree stand ladder. All of us got to squeal like a girl in somewhere. <laughs> no, I definitely screamed because I looked out the window. I did not expect to have something in my face staring back at me. Oh, that one hasn't been told. <laughs> I haven't heard that one yet. But know. as you were talking about it, I remember it because I was there that weekend. Yeah. Like, I'm not yeah. going to tell the story, but the best story of getting attacked by an animal while hunting was Jordan. You have to go back and listen to that one from the North Carolina duck yeah. hunt. Yeah. Yep. But so, Rick, we are in the business of oral history told orally. So. Whereas you're writing it all down on paper, we got to write some more stuff and publish it on our website. Um, but you got to give us give us some of your favorite hunting stories, and then we'll we're gonna we're gonna tell a few stories on each other. No, I think uh, yeah, there's there's so many of them. You guys know how it is. Half the half the funny stories come from from stuff when we're not actually hunting. Um, you know, it comes from camp and all that, but. Uh, I think one of my, one of the ones I always tell about uh, old Brad was uh, his very first one he ever shot. Um, oh, you got to talk which, crap on Brad since he won't come in the studio. Yeah. Yeah, I know. He's uh, He told me, he texted me right before this thing and said, uh, only good things about me. I was like, yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, his, uh, so I was lucky enough, you know, to be, um, 
be around Brad when he killed his, his very first deer. Um, which, you know, Brad's, Brad's fam, you know, Brad's family in Kentucky hunted, but his immediate family here really didn't. So, you know, he, he got to go with me and my old man up there and he, uh, we take him to this spot and it was basically just a fire break in between, you know, a little hardwood stand and it was a clear cut on either side. And so he shoots and, you know, this was back when texting wasn't all that great. So, you know, we could get a couple things on old Nokia phone where it was like, Hey, I shot. And I was like, stay there till I get there. Well, you know, by the time that thing got there with bad service, he had already got down and he's like, I can't, I can't find, I can't find anything. And I'm like, I'm like, all right, well, calm down. You know, like, where'd you shoot it at? And he's like, he, he points, you know, you know, unlike now where it's like, you know, maybe 80 yards, he just points. And, uh, so I walk right, right over to where he pointed and I'm, I'm looking straight and I literally turned my head and that thing had run maybe 25 yards and it was just laying out in the open. And I'm like, did you even like turn your head when you walked up here? Like, what did you do? And he's like, I don't know, man. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm like, well, here we go. So we, you know, drug it and gave him the old, uh, you know, put the blood on his face. And, you know, now he's, now he's out hunting me during the season. I mean, dang, he, you know, he shot two nice bucks this year and, you know, doe to top it off. And, I shot, you know, I shot a buck, but, you know, normally it's a, uh, there was a few years there, I was always having the better of him, and now, you know, I think he's got a damn horseshoe in his back pocket in the past few years, because he's, uh, he's definitely been in the right spots, but, um, yeah, there's that one, and then, uh, I don't know, I, the ones that stick with me always seem to be the bad ones, and this year was full of them, but, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, I got busted, I think. I got busted three times with shooter bucks this year, and, you know, that kind of ruined ruined what I, I had planned. But um, I'll give you another funny one, and they all seem to have Brad in them, but uh, this, one, this one's really funny. And uh, this wasn't even hunting. This was getting ready for hunting. And uh, we're going out to put up his stand, which has actually become a pretty good honey hole for him, and, we decided this year we were sick of trying to make 12 different trips back and forth on the four-wheeler. So we, uh, we took the trailer, hooked it to the four-wheeler and, uh, you know, we're riding through and we go, we go to his spot with everything, put all the stuff up and he was standing on the, on the trailer on the way there. And we put a stand up, you know, we're sweating our ass off and we finally get back into the back into a ready to go and all we had was like some corn bags on there and uh so he's riding in the back and i'm at this point i'm ready to get back i'm sweating and so i'm, I'm kind of speeding up and on the way in there's this log that had fallen down and i missed it with the tire on the way out or on the way in there on the way out i wasn't so lucky but as we were on the way out he's like man this thing's killing my back i was like well, sit down and lean up against the gate. You know, it'll probably be a little, <laughs> little less rough with you, you know, being worn out. Well, when I hit that log, Brad's shot up off the bottom of that trailer like three feet and came down. <laughs> That's a feat there. And he let out this howl, man. And I stopped and turned back, and he's got no breath in him. I'm like, 
I'm like, man, are you all right? And he's like, he's like, I slammed down on my nuts. <laughs> and I'm like, well, turn around and check. He's like, I can't right now. Just, just give me this truck. But he was howling, and we finally get back to the truck, and he goes around the side, and I'm like, he's out there checking, and it's quiet for a minute, and I'm like, of course, on the other side, drinking a beer. I'm like, well, is it pop? Now I want to know. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, man. There's been a bunch of good times out there with him, and uh, you know, it's it's one of them things where it's, you know you get this. Like I said, you see somebody's first deer, and then you know we've been hunting together now for twelve plus years, and it's uh, you know, now he's now it's to the point where we almost get upset. You know, we both gotten busy where you know we both at the hunting camp, but there's weekends I'm there by myself or. This year, I don't even think we even had a weekend really to hunt except opening weekend. And uh, other than that, we were either a week off of each other or something. And, you know, that it sucks when you can't get up there with your hunting buddies as we get older and get more busy. But, you know, it, it just makes them times when you all are together just to make the best of it and halftime try to do more stupid stuff than actually hunt. But, you know, that's part of the hunting camp, which is what a lot of people don't understand that, Half of this isn't just about killing that animal. Half of it is the, you know, hours at camp and the hours working and doing all that that you actually is the reason we all go. It's not just the 30 seconds you pull the trigger or release the arrow. So it's hard to make stories by yourself. It's easier when you have people with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, <clears throat> I'll tell you one on Briar. I got one on William after this. Uh, <clears throat> It, this was oh man it's probably a couple of years been probably two years now i had drawn a waterfowl hunt and we had heard some good things about it and it was about two hours <laughs> from the house <laughs> about two hours from the house <clears throat> and so we drove up there to do our due diligence the night before the scout day and uh we slept in the boat ramp. Next morning gets up. Nobody's there. We're like, sweet. So we go ahead and dump dump Briar's boat in the water. And what size is your motor? 37. 37. Dump, dump his 37 Pro Drive in, in the water. And we get out there and we motor around a little bit. And uh, we find birds and we're ready to go, man. And we've been just idling around out there. Wasn't a lot of running going on. No. And... Uh, we get back to the boat ramp, man, and people are looking at us like we're crazy. And we can't figure out why, right? I, we we get out of the water. Mind we're you, talking to, yeah. there was a lot of, like, really small boats. That Kayaks we're in. and canoes. Kayaks, and, like gee-noos with small motors on them. Yeah. Stuff like that. Like And we're wondering why 12, people are looking foot at John us crazy. Boat. <clears throat> well, I can tell you why they were looking at us crazy. And that goes into really read the regulations, because in there you would find that there was a 10-horsepower limit on that place where we ran that 37 around that morning. Oh, man. I swear, officer, it's only a 10-horsepower. Yeah. Did you knock them down? Huh? Did you knock them down that day? We, it was a scout, it was a scout day. day. So oh. after that is when we found out that it was a 10-horse limit, and that's when I went into the whole debacle of trying to register my boat so that we could take my John boat back up there and hunt it. Well, then I go down to the city of Orlando because I was living in Orange County at the time, the DMV down there to try and get it registered. And I walk in there with my previous registration for the trailer and the boat. 
And I'm like, I need to register both this trailer and the boat in the state of Florida. Well, why do you need to register the boat? I was like, it's got a motor on it. But you don't have to register a 12-foot boat. I'm like, but it's got a motor on it. So it has a motor, yes. Okay, so you do need to register it, yes. <laughs> okay, but I'm pretty sure you don't have to register a 12-foot boat. It's not big enough. I'm like, it's got a motor on it. <laughs> you, put a, you put a motor on a 12-foot aluminum boat? Yes, I put a motor on a 12-foot <laughs> aluminum boat. And then we get in the whole debacle of, uh, you know, they, they asked me if I had a, a, a title for the boat. I said I have a receipt from Bass Pro Shops origin, yeah. where the John boat was originally purchased. Well, you should have a title. It's like, I have a receipt for when it was originally purchased from Bass Pro Shops. Well, we can't register it without a title or the previous registration. I'm like, great, I have the previous registration right here in my name. And they say, well, that's not the registration. It's like, what do you mean it's not the registration? There doesn't look like this, the state of Florida. So I was like, because it's not from the state of Florida. It's registration from the state of Tennessee. Well, we can't accept that. You have to have a title. So I fought back and forth with that. And then we, I was it's like, Orange you know County. what? I was like, you know what? Let's, let's just, how about, how about the trailer? Well, we need a title for the trailer. It's like, I have a certified bill of sale from, sale from the state of Georgia, which the state of Georgia has a website with certified bills of sale on it that you can print them off if you buy stuff like that in Georgia. Then we go into the whole rigmarole. We're trying to get it registered with that. Oh, my Lord. Now, I had the previous registration from the state of Georgia where I had tags. They said, well, you already have tags on the on the trailer. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I know that, but I don't live in Georgia anymore. <laughs> I need Florida tags, and those are expired. Dude, I was there for an hour trying to explain to those wonderful ladies that I did, in fact, own this boat and trailer. Well, they're with the government, and they're there to help. <laughs> yeah, they they help a lot. I just can't believe you put a motor on a twelve foot John boat. Why not, <laughs> dude? That's the little nine nine that could. Okay. Yeah. Hey, that so, is that is the motion of the ocean. So, so I got it's not one, about the size of the boat. <clears throat> I got one that I actually just got asked about, and uh, I'm gonna I'll, I'll start the story by saying I had to go to a funeral last friday and uh one of the people there was like hey how's your brother doing i'm like oh he's doing real good man and he's like uh what's his name i said will and he's like that's the guy that stabbed himself right (laughs) oh man (laughs) like yes yes it is so we are uh at the camp and uh you know, it's one of those weekends where we were still working on building our cabin. It was Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah. So we were still working on building our cabin. I think at that point, we didn't really even hunt much that season. We just worked on the cabin a lot. And uh, so, you know, there were people enjoying some uh, cold snacks, libations. And uh, William was cutting some zip ties on the pole for our antenna, our TV antenna. And uh, he was off around the corner. Something he comes around the corner. He's like, "I need my IFAC." And none of us have any kind of military background, <laughs> so we're all looking at each other and we're like, "IFAC." What the fuck did he for, just ask for? <clears throat> stands for Individual First Aid Kit. Yeah. So everybody's looking. Everybody's looking at everybody else, and we're you know maybe slightly buzzed, and we're like, "What? What did he just ask for?" And he's like, "I need my IFAC." 
And everybody kind of looks around again. And he's like, I just stabbed myself. I need the first aid kit out of my backpack. (laughs) (laughs) And everybody's like rushing to get the first aid kit and everything. We ended up just super gluing him together. I No, so I wore that dang compression bandage all afternoon. And then when y'all went into town... Oh, Dad shot a deer, yeah. Yeah, when y'all went into town that night to take the deer to the processor and get batteries for something, I was like, hey, while you're at the store, get me a thing of super glue. And I just pushed it back together and super glued it closed. It's the best bandage. Yeah. Got a sweet scar from it. Stabbed myself right in the gut. (laughs) Was it deep? I mean, uh, let's see. It probably about, about that deep. About an inch. Ooh. Yeah. I just thought it was funny how he's like, Williams remembered it's the, that's the guy that stabbed himself, right? <laughs> <laughs> I said, yeah, that comes up all the time because people ask to borrow his knife and he's like, this knife stabbed a man. So I stabbed a man with that knife. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't tell you he stabbed himself. He just stabbed a man with it. <laughs> this knife is drew blood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I'll have the scar the rest of my life to prove it. Yeah. Man, there's some crazy stuff that happens, like setting up camp or like breaking down. Because I remember as a kid when, uh, I don't think you were there, William. I think it was just me and Dad and Al. And we were leaving our second camp in Blakely. And there's that real tall quad pod. And we were taking it down. And somehow, we had decided just to kind of flop it over to take it down. And uh, somehow, when the quad pod fell, it hit Dad in the back of the head. Oh. Yeah. And that was like, I was like, oh, I was a little kid. I was like, oh, no, this is bad. And he ended up being fine, but it looked bad when that tall quad pod smacked him in the back of the head. I imagine. Mm. So I got one. You know, I may have told it on the podcast before, but if I did, it's been quite some time. Several years ago. We're out gator hunting on the St. John's River um, between Lemon Bluff and Lake Harney. And my buddy Jay's driving. We're just kind of motoring slowly down the river. And uh, it's kind of that lull period, you know, where it's around midnight. And gators just aren't really moving, but we're trying to figure out where we want to go. And you see folks out there fishing on the river all the time. And sometimes they say hi, sometimes they don't. And we're motoring past this little cabin right on the water's edge and i i don't know what drew my eye to it but at first i said oh there must be somebody fishing up there and i I look and all of a sudden i realize that i'm staring at a woman naked (laughs) (laughs) astride and 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 i realize that she she's she's reverse cowgirl on the dock oh yeah uh, oh God! Well, it gets better. So we drift by, and it's better. My buddy, my buddy Jason. There was this fish. No, 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 no. <laughs> my buddy Jason Gonder is up front, and you know he has the Q beam, you know the big, you know million can of watt, whatever Q blam. And uh, I tap him on the on the shoulder. I'm like, "Do you see that?" He's like, "See what?" I was like, "The girl reverse cowgirl." And he's like, "Where?" I'm like, "Back up there in the house." Click, <laughs> lights. <laughs> Lights her up, man, with a Q beam, right? And instead of being all coy, she starts riding like, Woo! You know? and, and 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 out come the words, "Don't tell my mama." I've never heard that story. 
Oh, no, I don't yeah. think I said that. That's a new one. <laughs> don't tell my mama. Yeah, oh, pretty goodness. Good. That's that's something. Yeah. So <clears throat> we got to tell uh, Jim and the adventures of the Murderola. The Murderola. When we were in Tennessee, and he had to go hunt the state forest when we all went and hunted the base. And, oh, and yeah. How many flat tires did you have that day, Jim? <laughs> Two, I think. Oh, Two. And he got yelled at by the lady in Circle K for grabbing, uh, like, a taquito <laughs> from, from behind, behind the, the sign that said, yeah. You know, you get there early in the morning. Sometimes they're behind the sign that says you can't eat them. They're not ready if they're behind this sign. And then uh, Jim, you know, proceeds to grab one. From behind the sign, and then Those are the gets, fresh ones. yeah, and then gets schooled, <laughs> and then gets schooled on how she could lose her job for him yeah. eating, eating an it, undercooked it, taquito. Yeah, <laughs> like they don't have a microwave right underneath that you could stick it in. Imagine that be the way you go out. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta send me back, please. <laughs> oh. No, Jim, so we were all hunting on Fort Campbell uh, a couple years ago, and Jim didn't manage to get into a training area, so he borrowed AJ's Corolla, which is now, I guess, known as the Murderola. The Murderola, yeah, via TikTok Live. It's the Murderola now. Uh, but, uh, and ended up was, one of the tires was already flat when you started, aired it up, and then you got another flat tire on a gravel road? No, I was leaving, I, I pulled out of camp, and... Was trying to navigate my way there, but I, I didn't drive the first time. I think you did, or somebody else did. I so drove I it most of the time because we were down a vehicle because my dad's truck shit the bed right before we got to camp when we first got there. Yeah, so I'm, I'm using yeah. Google Maps, and Google Maps all of a sudden takes me away that you know I, I run into a sign that's basically all kinds of red, and there's guys standing out there basically that you can't get in there unless you're military. But Google Maps is telling me I've got to go through there, so that's not going to work. And I turned around, and it's keep trying to reroute me. And I'm going down some uh, dirt gravel road and came to a stream bed that there was no way I was crossing in the Murderola. So I turned back around and sure enough, the car starts acting funny and I got a flat and I'm out there changing it. I got back to the paved road, changed it. A couple guys, it was a really cool. A bunch of guys offered to help, but uh, and then I went out and hunted, and that's when I realized that for whatever reason my phone was telling me I didn't get in. Around lunchtime, I checked, and I did get in. So I jumped back in the car <laughs> and started hauling out and got another flat in the uh, in the Murderola. And, yeah, that's all right, though. I mean, it was either that or sit around the cabin all day. So what can you do? I, you know, I went hunting. And they, they, don't use, they don't use, like, normal gravel road gravel up there in Kentucky. They use, like, that large chunk gravel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah the, the stuff that doesn't get caught in your tires tire tread but it will pop it if you hit it wrong yeah <laughs> dent your well, bumper if you're sitting low enough i, know. Yeah. I don't know Jim. what your corolla that was but i'm pretty sure those were original tires hey that corolla made it from kentucky all the way down to georgia for a duck hunt this year and and ripped up and down the dirt roads he was planning on strapping a canoe to the top of it if he didn't get into the the wma we all duck hunted in and taking it somewhere yeah <clears throat> But yeah, he was rally carding that thing all up and through all up through that that WMA we were duck hunting. In. Man, you want to talk about gator hunting? I got one this past year with Briar. The <laughs> one time I went gator hunting with Briar, right? I don't bring a rain jacket or anything. <laughs> I and, didn't uh, either. Yeah, none of us had a rain jacket. I don't believe. N- no, and uh, we get on one gator and we're kind of getting after it a little bit, 
and it keeps like it would go down and it would pop up just not far from the boat it was staying in one area so we're hot on this gator and it starts to sprinkle a little bit and i'm like prior we should probably go back he's like yeah let's do it so we kind of started to pack up and the gator had been gone for I don't know, 15 minutes at it was that un- point. It would say under for like 10, 15 minutes, and yeah. then it would pop back up. Because like we were just about, like three times, we would just about give up. And then I'm just kind of looking around where everybody's getting ready with a spotlight, bam, there'd be that gator. <laughs> yeah. So about the time we're ready to just pack it up, because it's, it's still light sprinkling at this point, and uh, pops back up. We're like, you know what, we're going to give it one more shot. Well, in the midst of giving it one more shot, it starts to come a torrential downpour. So we had to drive all the way back from what we were probably two or three miles from the ramp. Uh, we were a good ways from the ramp and drove the whole yeah. day. I mean, I was soaked from head to toe at like 10 o'clock at night. Just soaking wet when we got back to the ramp. I was like, Dad, come it. The time, the one time, it always happens when you don't bring rain gear, you get rained on. That reminds me of a story with, I was gator hunting with Brad. And, uh, we get ready. I think this might have been like the, one of the first times that he went out with me. And, I, I thought there was a small chance, it was like 25, 30% chance of rain. Like, just enough where I'm like, I'm going to throw my rain jacket in the boat, just in case. And then Brad gets there, gets to the house, and I'm hooked up, ready to go. He gathers up, jumps in the truck, and I'm like, all right, well, I got to go get, I got to gas up the boat first. And then we're at the gas station, and gas up everything, and Brad looks at me and goes, I don't have my raincoat. I left my raincoat in the truck. At, the, at your house. I'm like, man, we're two minutes away from the house. We can turn around and go get it if you want. It's no problem. If you have it, it ain't going to rain. If you do not have it, it's going to rain. <laughs> and then we get out there and we're gator hunting. So I take it he didn't get his rain. No, no. He's like, no, 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 no. It'll be all right. I'll be fine. I'm like, okay, man. Famous last words. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get out there. We're gator hunting a little bit. And it's just for dark. It's not long before dark. It's like right at sunset. And it starts raining. And I look at him and I go, I told you. If you went and got that raincoat out of the truck, would have been no rain. Nope. He's out there getting wet on the front of the boat and I'm dry. <laughs> mm. Come on, Easton. Give us one. What you got? I, I had one back to whenever the uh, the shelter that you were talking about, Jordan, fell on fell on his head just a minute ago. Oh, the the tripod? Yeah. Yeah. So, my grandpa, he is... I've, I've talked about him before. He's he's a great guy. He's clumsy, as all get out, but he's got a thousand lives. Um, <laughs> he, uh, he's got this old Jeep, and he had a piece of property that he leased right down the road from his house, right over there in Shelman. And uh, we took the Jeep back there, and I'm talking about this is... A ragged out Jeep he bought. He's just plowing through the woods down this little fire break that was not maintained at all. He managed to park in between two trees, parallel parked. And I knew it was going to be a problem because I was like, this, he can't drive. He's an old man that can barely get around. It's a stick shift Jeep and we're in soft, 
rolling hills of planted pines where they made the beds to put the pines in. But he, we went over there to get one of his deer stands and move it because he said he didn't like the where, where it was sitting. He wanted to move it 50 yards to his left. I said, okay, whatever you want to do. So we walked down here 30, 30 minutes down in this bottom to get to this place. We're trying to find out where it's at. And um, he couldn't remember, so we get down there. He's got this big old Millennium stand. It weighs a ton. We get it down. I walk it down. He's just holding the base. And then we get it walked across a ravine up the other side and put it over there 50 yards away. And he's like, I'll put it up there this time. I like it a certain way. I'm like, okay. Now, he hits his head on absolutely everything. We tell him that we're going to buy him a hard hat every year, but we don't do it. So he's like, just put your feet down there at the bottom, and I got it. I said, okay. So he's got 25 feet of ladder stand here, and he's walking it up. And I said, you look like you're struggling a little bit. You need some help? He's like, no, I got it. Just sit right there. About halfway up the ladder, he drops it, and it falls and hits him on the top of his head and scratches down the back, and it peels some skin off, and it lands his head is sticking between the ladder, and it lands right on his shoulders. <laughs> and he's just sitting there holding his head. Ooh. Ooh. And I'm like, I, I told I mean, I was laughing. I couldn't help it. I knew he wasn't, like, dying or anything. But I was like, I told just you it like was going to fall. we drew it up in practice. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I told you something was going to happen. But he, and then we get it put up after, you know, I had to get it off of his shoulders and finish pushing it up and get it strapped to the tree. So he's finally done with it. We get back to the Jeep, and I said, huh, we're going to get this Jeep out now, huh? Didn't I mean, it didn't have any dents on it or anything, but it was just ragged out. The paint was chipping and stuff. So he jumps in it, and he's like, all right, just make sure I don't hit that tree up front. I said, okay. Well, he kicks it in reverse and runs into the tree behind him. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, oh, this thing didn't have a dent on it until it got here. So I was like, okay, well, come on forward now. You're good. You got plenty of room. <laughs> So managed to get out of there, but he ended up peeling the hide off of his head, just how I imagined it, right in between the ladder, <laughs> because he couldn't hold it up because it was too long. You gonna tell that one on me, Briar? Backing into a tree? I thought about it. <laughs> well, I thought about in- including the whole ordeal, but might as well give the full story. <laughs> so, was that? It was the day before opening day, wasn't it? Uh, or was it a bow season? It it was the last day of bow season. We'd come up there to muzzleloader hunt. That's what it was. Or last day of it, it was Something hunting like season. That. Last day of one season, fixing the crossover to the next one. Yeah. Anyways, um, we get up there and we meet AJ, who had that little was it Tacoma little toy Tacoma pickup. Yeah. And I can't. Why did we drive back there? We're filling feeders. That's. That's what it was. And AJ's little pickup. And we're driving along and pop. That ain't good. You know what I mean? We get out and we start looking. Well, AJ blew the ball joint out in his truck. And we're trying to jack the truck up and who's who, Now mind it? you, this is on uneven ground and some swampy nasty It was in pines, it wasn't that bad. On that back hitch it was pretty gross. On on the other side. Yeah. On one side, the side that we were on was pines. The other side got gross. Um, and we're out there in the dirt and pine needles trying to 
just shoved a ball joint in so we can get out of there and get it fixed. And I think you come back there or something to either help or... I thought we was going to try and pull the truck if we had to. I can't remember what it was. I think you were trying to find out. I think y'all were getting ready to leave. You and... Who was with you? Somebody was with you in your truck. Adam. Adam. Adam was with you. I'm trying to remember the details here. Go get... Just we were going to go get all the parts. In. Yeah, y'all were about to go get parts. And... Yeah, we'll throw it in reverse. Brand new, now, this truck still had the paper tag on it. Like, mm. new. Mm. Damn. That hurts. Anyway, he throws it in reverse and, like, about spin tires all the way back. Like, there wasn't, like, he was on a football field and there was nothing <laughs> behind him. And, bam! Smack that pine tree was what? Eight inches around? Yeah. It didn't. <laughs> Didn't scratch, didn't knock the bark off that pine tree, but there's a dent, crease dent right in the middle of where the Parkinson's was. It's in, it's in backup lines. Yeah, I'm telling you, if you look at Chevrolets, see, they all have the dent in the same spot I hit that pine tree because you can't see through the backup line. I turned them off. I haven't had a problem with it since. That Them daggum backup lines. That's, that's what you're waiting on. <laughs> Yeah, are much smaller than that pine tree. <laughs> I'll tell you this though, and I'll turn them on. You look in Briar's truck with them on, and you look where they line up on the bumper, and you go around. Now watch Chevrolets. You'll see that dent in that same spot in the bumper where the backup line comes out. That reminds me. Telling you, my buddy Josh, he got a brand new uh, GMC Canyon. We took it scouting. I told him I was like, let me take my truck because my truck we've always took take in the woods, tear it up. It's two wheel drive, whatever. He got his in July, and I got mine in I got mine in March, but it didn't matter. But we get out there and we're driving through the sugar sand, and we get to a spot and it turns into water. Now his is two wheel drive, and he's kind of worried about it. He didn't want to get stuck. And I was like, all right, well, I guess turn around, find a spot because it's all sugar sand, so you're gonna have to be in it to win it with his two wheel drive truck. So he pulls up in this little spot in some planted pines, and they're small pines like what you're talking about. Six eight, it's six, about eight. six eight inches around. Yeah. Six eight inches around. And uh, he gets up in there, and he goes to back up. And I happen to look over my shoulder. I was in the passenger seat. I looked over my shoulder, and I seen this pine tree coming up, but it looked like he was, bar- was going to stop but barely miss it. And then all of a sudden, he just he passes it, and the truck moved a little bit. And I was like, uh-oh, that's not good. So then he pulls forward, and it grabs his bumper and creases it in and kind of bends it out. But luckily, it only hit a plastic piece because everything's plastic on them things now. But it ripped the plastic piece back, and he was like, man, that's not good. I'm like, yeah, it's brand new. It's not good either. <laughs> so we push it back around and bend it back, and he's got it kind of pushed in there and wedged in because all the clamps came undone and he can't get them locked back in anymore so. i just bought it i just bought a used bumper off facebook marketplace that's what's on that truck out there and that's the same truck yeah. that's parked yeah. in the driveway <laughs> oh man i got one from uh i just got my new my truck uh i bought it in 18 first time i take it up to camp work weekend and uh Riding all around on a four-wheeler, dropped the four-wheeler down. I kind of came up to my truck at like a weird angle facing the door. And uh, I freaking, I was in a hurry or whatever. And 
thought I'd slam that thing in reverse and it was still in go. I hit the gas on that thing and I went to hit the brake and there was no brake and I got to put the first dent in my truck. <laughs> I'm like, damn it, man. Now I can't blame anybody else for this stuff. Anymore. <laughs> as soon as I did that, somebody at camp was like, well, I guess yours is the camp truck now. <laughs> You know, it's 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 funny how much abuse we'll put a pickup truck through in the name of hunting. Yeah, yeah. How much how much abuse just hunters in general put a nice pickup truck through in the name of hunting? I see them guys up there running dang brand new GMC Denali twenty five hundreds running dogs running, running dogs, dogs with yeah. a dog box in the back. Those are brave <laughs> souls right there. Yeah. yeah. Shoot, we put a uh, we put a minivan through some stuff in the name of hunting. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you how many times my cousins bounced off the same tree. <laughs> the same tree. Like, I mean, you'd think after the first time, you would know that tree's there. No, don't matter. Yeah, Jordan and Matt going up to Georgia with a, a sneak boat on top of a minivan. Yeah. Because <laughs> your truck was in the shop. Yeah. <laughs> I'd gotten ran into, and it smashed my passenger door. So I told Enterprise, I was like, y'all got a truck or like an SUV or something? Cause I need I need some room in this thing, and they're like, "No, we don't have anything but cars." I'm like, we took that sucker to Three Lakes for a podcast. Yeah, I know. I'm like, mm-hmm. "Piss!" I guess they're gonna have to give me a car. And I show up, and they're like, "Listen, we have a minivan that we can give you." And I'm like, "Absolutely not. I am no. I am not driving a mini. It's a Dodge Caravan. I am not driving a minivan." And then I send a picture in the under pressure group chat and everybody's like, if you don't take that minivan and whip it like a man, you're a bitch. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> and I'm like, give me the minivan. We we rode through the pines, doors open, just mm-hmm. loaded full of people and dogs. <laughs> All right. I, I was kind of going to try to call an end to the war stories, but now I got to bring one because you brought up three lakes and I did tell the story there. It was one of the first brought five podcasts I was on. You asked about what was the, some of the craziest things that's ever happened, and it involved a minivan and Jay Platt. Oh, <laughs> we're uh, we're in the panhandle rolling, and we fly right past a whole bunch of pigs, and we have a bow in the car. So we trying to figure out how to make this work. We drive past the pigs again, and we realize if you roll up on, we've learned this the hard way. If you roll up on pigs and stop, they'll run. But if you glide up on them, like at idle speed, they don't panic. So we're in a minivan. You throw open the door, and what's the first thing that happens, right? Bing, 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 bing. It's tight, close the door. And then I've got a headlight on, but when I draw back, I, I can either see the sights or I can see the pig. I can't see both. So we've got this facocta setup where Jay's shining his flashlight out the door, to illuminate the pig and that way I can use my headlight on the sights and we creep up on these pigs and I let fly and you hear twang I mean it's instant it's twang thwack and and holy crap pigs started coming out of everywhere and the pig that I shot came running straight out of the bushes directly at the minivan (laughs) I had my legs hanging out of the thing so I'm bailing into the minivan and I hear this pig hit the side of the van thunk uh, and tearing off in there, and anyway, but we—it was an absolute just 
total cluster <clears throat> disaster. You know, we pig went running off, and we never did find the dang thing because we went out to try, try to track the blood, and it started raining on us, and we lost it in the middle of the night and buggy. And, but plunking a pig out of a rolling minivan is something I would not suggest anybody else. The moral of the story to. is always get the insurance. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we should probably move we, on with wrapping up the war stories here. Well, have, have we told a story about Jordan losing his plug in the boat? I mean, him was scouting that one time? No. Has that I one don't told think on the podcast? Think so. Go for it. Um, okay. <clears throat> I was trying to think if I should have Jordan tell it. No, you tell it. It's all right. I'll, so, I'll add it in here and there. I, I didn't have Liberty at the time. I think I was looking into getting her or something. But anyways, we go, we scouted out in Groveland first, and then ran around, no problems, and then we go uh, put in at another lake, and we find this marsh area that looks we, real good on mind, one side. Mind you, we ran all the way across a yeah. decent lake to get there. We were all the way on the other side of the lake from the ramp, in the marsh area full of stumps. Like, I think we pretty much idled for the most part, through it when we got into the marsh. And then <clears throat> we're sitting there talking, and we've actually seen a few ducks in there. And Jordan looks down, and all of a sudden you just see panic on his face. And he's like, I ain't got no plug in the boat. I'm like, oh, crap, what are we going to do now? And he throws Bell in my boat and just takes off whoosh, on a plane the whole way. And I'm, like, trying to keep up. And not lose Bell out of the boat, running through these stumps all the way across the lake, and finally, by because he flat out beat me to the back to the boat ramp. He's I got, blew idle zones and everything. Oh yeah, all up to boom right through it. Then we went through a canal and everything. Yeah, was it empty when you got back? Did it suck all the water out of the back of the boat? Yes, so it did actually. And and what had happened is we were sitting there talking. I look back and I see some like white sand in the boat, and I'm like that's not normal. Right? Like, why is there sand in my boat? And then I look and I'm like, kind of look, cause you know, like when you're sitting there, my boat sits, you know, with the back a little lower cause all my weight and everything's in the back. And so there's normally a little bit of water in the back. And, uh, but it kind of looks like there's water coming in and I'm like, nah, I don't know. I brush it off and then go back talking to Briar. And I think about it again and I'm like, now there's definitely water coming in this thing. So I reach out to the back of my hunt deck and I'm feeling around and I feel my finger go in the hole for the plug. And I'm like, oh, this is bad. This is real bad. bad. (laughs) So yeah, I ran all the way back to the ramp because I knew that if I stayed on plane, it was going to suck the water out. The problem was when I got back to the ramp, I couldn't just park my boat because it was going to sink in the ramp. So I had to pull up to the ramp, jump out of the boat, spin the boat around as fast as I could and set the back of the boat on land to where it wouldn't sink sitting in the ramp. You know, somebody, I can't remember what it was. Somebody mentioned something that actually fits. I don't know if it was a 12 gauge shotgun shell. It's me. Yeah. Yeah. 12 gauge shotgun shell. That was another time of missing a, uh, missing a plug. I ended up just, I had some pipe tape. You could use duct tape. I wrapped a shotgun shell up and to make it a little bit tighter and shoved it in the plug hole. There you go. 
That's because this. <clears throat> so it's not for a lack of, of like forgetting plugs, but your plugs are on the. You have to put it in from the exterior of the boat. So yeah. even like the little T handle plugs, they'll get snagged on brush and just get boop yanked right out of the back of the boat. You can put them in from the interior. Well, I don't know. I, not, I might not on, back, not on no, mine will fill yeah. my hunt deck up. <laughs> yeah, you have to put them in from the outside of the boat because of the hunt deck. Got it. All right. Yeah, that's one of the things I love about mine is I can actually get it in from the inside and I don't have those fears. But Right. Um, Mine's also a 2007, so they've more than likely improved that since then. But you can also uh, <clears throat> use a boat plug to plug a Yeti cooler, too. Yep. That's yep. what I do now. That's how you have a spare boat plug in the boat. Yep. <laughs> Smart thinking. You know, if Yeti was really thinking, or Arctic, or one of those guys, they would make their cooler drain plug the exact same size as a as a boat plug. As it a drain plug, in. it yeah. thread the plug. Yeah, but you, that, that's an easy. That's an easy change. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, all back safe and sound, and none the worse the wear for dropping stands on our head and going out <clears throat> trying to sink our boats or. Seeing naked ladies. <laughs> I still can't get over that. <laughs> Rick, let's let you round this back out uh, maybe with one more story, and then we'll go back into uh, racks or tails where they can find you and all that good stuff. What you guys got, what you got coming up, and so on and so forth. Yeah. Let's see. One more I got. <clears throat> Man, tell me tell me your your fondest, your favorite hunting story, good, bad, and different. I think my I think my favorite one, um, you know, obviously it's, you know, there's always the, the personal stories that, you know, yeah, that was great for me or whatever. But uh, it's it's actually been the past. Uh, it's really been turkey season the past few years. I mean, it's a, uh, you know, this past year was definitely one that um, that I just recently wrote about, and it was a uh, a doubled up hunt with my dad. Um, ended up I shot you know I've, I've called in birds for people for a couple of years and um, you know really didn't have a drive to turkey hunt all that much till I actually called one in for my dad about three years ago and uh, you know ever since then I'm I'm hooked on that you know even just being the guy calling and uh, this past year I was you know I kind of had a pretty bullhead about you know I was getting me one and you know I really didn't focus on a whole lot of other people except you know, trying to get my first bird. And, um, so me and dad were sitting out there opening morning and uh, end up having my bird come up, came up from down the hill, came about 80 yards, battled with him and he walks up the hill and, you know, my dad, my dad thought he, I was going to wait for him. He, he was coming up and I had put the gun out in front of the blind where the decoys were expecting him to come. Well, he hung up on him. I freaked out and pulled the gun back in and put it to the other side. And about the time I get situated, he starts walking to the decoys again. So I'm to the point where he is about to clear my view of the corner of the blind. It's going to block my, my shot, my view. And I think my dad thought I was going to stop and wait and readjust. But uh, that, that uh, the Winchester decided to take off on its own. And uh, I dusted <laughs> that bird. And my dad jumped in his seat, and he definitely wasn't ready. And, you know, I, I started screaming and, and hollering. I was all excited. And he's like, we had that a couple of years ago, and dad did that to me. And he was screaming and hollering. And what he didn't see was there was another gobbler down the hill. I was trying to get him to stop yelling so I could get a shot at that one. And uh, 
So I shoot, and you know, it, it was early. I mean, it was we had only been in there like 45 minutes, and uh, so I was like, well, let's let's sit back in the in the blind, and you know, my dad was like, well, we'll either we'll either uh, you know sit here till about nine o'clock or you know till I run out of beer, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I'm like, uh, my guy, right. so literally an hour on the dot. I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I've called a little bit, no response. And I was looking down at my phone and he hits me on the shoulder. He's like, there's a bird coming over the hill. And I pick up the call again and he's got the gun and call this thing in. He comes down the hill like he was on a string coming right to the decoys. And he uh, wasn't a long beard, but he wasn't, you know, a, a small Jake. And my dad, you know, he he's already beat it up on the bird. And he goes, he goes, should I shoot it? And I'm like, Fuck yeah, you should shoot it. You <laughs> <laughs> dust it, and uh, so that was the uh, you know my first turkey in the morning, and a and a first father son double up. I mean, I couldn't have painted a better picture, and uh, you know that's it's it's gonna take a while for that that hunt to kind of be topped, um, you know. And then the year before that, I got to watch my wife kill her first turkey. I mean, it's just it's been, and then the year before was when my dad. We gave up on hunting that morning and dad was standing up and a bird came up the hill, like was coming up the hill and he hits the deck and he was, he had left his gun near the tree. So he's trying to crawl to that and he's right next to me. So I'm kicking him in the foot cause I'm hidden behind the bush. I'm like, Hey, take my shotgun and quit worrying about yours. And uh, so he's laying on the ground. I called the bird the rest of the way in. He shot that one. And that's where the other bird was down the hill. I was trying, I could see, but he couldn't because he was laying down. And uh, so, I mean, the past three years of turkey hunting has just been nothing but memories as far, you know, ones that I'm not going to forget for a long time. But, uh, you know, which is what we hope for, you know. It, I know there's some people that get kind of wrapped up, you know, people that hunt all the time or whatever, you know, they, they start looking at, animals or something is like well you know i just I, I just shot a doe well i mean that still means something you know and uh but it's it's these hunts where it's the first or the the stuff that you know the father-son doubles or the the watching your wife kill one like those are the the memories that i don't think anybody gets you can't pay for them you know those are just things you got to experience and uh you know, to be able to write about them and have them locked down in history for me is, you know, just kind of puts the icing on the cake. But, um, you know, like we all know, it's man, it's it's a passion we all love, and you know, you guys, like I said, paint it and podcast and get the, you know, you've got audio or history that anybody's gonna be able to listen to in years, and you know, mine as long as, as long as I keep a website up or I start printing it out somewhere, somebody can do it with mine. So. That's uh, that's just kind of where those are them stories that, like I said, I just want to keep telling. And uh, I know you guys probably feel the same way with what you guys do. That's so. one of those, you know, like, uh, I've heard Steve Renell say it's type two fun. You know, type one fun, which is like roller coasters and theme parks and quick, fast, easy, woohoo, and it's over. And then the type two fun involves work. You sweat. It's hard. But... It's that nobody, nobody around this table is going to sit here and be like, dude, you know, so 10 years ago, I rode this roller coaster that was just really awesome. But I'm sure we can all think back <clears throat> 10 years and tell a hunting story. 
Dude, we, we live in the type two, man. I, yeah. I, I have no desire to ride roller coasters. No. I mean, I, I like riding roller that. coasters, but. <laughs> I hate roller coasters. <laughs> what? Yeah. Ty, I guess type one fun is like. It's it's simple, on. quick, easy, and the memories don't last. That was the first, so you and I've been duck hunting, uh, I don't know, a dozen times now, but that was the first time that we went out and just out. We smashed, man. I mean, we got we, after it. We crushed, we had 12 birds down 10 minutes after sunup. Yeah. We were on the X, they were coming in. It was that was was that your first ringer? Yeah, you killed a bunch of wood ducks, but mm-hmm. it was Briar's first ringer, and and um, I killed my I've, first ringer in the same spot. I've never roughly, I've d- yeah. I've same, doubled same lake, yeah. No, we were roughly in the same spot. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a good spot. I've doubled on doves. I've doubled on quail. I've doubled on geese, but I'd never doubled on ducks and managed to shoot two with Briar that morning. So it was. And I mean, it wasn't even challenging. These birds had come in; they were coming right in to the deeks, feet down. And just yeah, you blast the first one was a gimme, and then the second one they're trying to pull out, so it's almost like a bullseye shot. And we had a bunch of that. It was the best day of duck hunting I've experienced. We had two birds, two birds literally. Me and Jim were both standing, and they flew in between us. And I don't mean they just like flew over in between us. I mean they flew about head height between me and Jim. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I'm I'm looking at one bird fixing to shoot it, and all of a sudden I see two birds fly past. We yeah it for a Florida duck hunt. I don't care for I don't care where you are. That those are the mornings that will just always keep you coming back, man. It's just, from the get go. We jumped them a little bit early. We and we didn't drop it in this one flight. But how many ducks were in that first? Got, got a little anxious on, what do you think, 25 ducks came through, Something man? Something like that. Huge. Was like, it was like, holy crap, those are ducks. <laughs> yeah, we knew it was going to be a good morning when that many came through on the first pass. Definitely wasn't so. the next day. Yeah. No, <laughs> man, the, the next day, uh, Easton got to witness his first true sky blasters, right? Because we're standing there Oof. where we were sitting there, and uh, there's some ducks that were just stupid. I mean, Stupid height. Dang near migration height. The first shots of the whole day, of the whole lake, was like 745, 8. Were they as high as those ducks that we were out there hunting with Jason that one day where those guys were lighting up behind us and we're like, Dude, what are they shooting higher. at? And we couldn't tell because they were you had to, they were above your hat brim. Yeah. They were oh, so high. Like, yeah. Yeah. Way up there. How, yeah. how much how much higher than one that I that I smoked that nobody thought I was going to hit? Way higher. Okay. I mean these like were there, yeah. There was no oh, point in shooting at them, and <laughs> there were there was the only ducks anywhere. These guys weren't that far from us. Only ducks anywhere around us. And they wham 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 wham, and we look at each other, and Easton's like. First we said, "Where's those ducks at?" Yeah. <laughs> hey, Easton's like. Are those the ducks they were shooting at? It's the only ones on the whole lake. Yeah. You think they weren't coincidentally just murking a bunch of coots like they'd had it and they were like, forget it, we're just going to unload? No, No, because those ducks were definitely right over top of them when they shot. All the coots were by us. There was not another coot on the lake. It was all over there by us. We had so many. There was at one point where if they were close enough and Easton would have taken a shot, he could have easily murked like 10 coots with one shot. One shot. (laughs) There was tons of them. And no yeah. ducks were flying, and you didn't shoot any coots. Brings it. None of the coots really got far. close enough. Yeah, puts a whole new. Uh, that, that's a whole new version of conservation. 
Yeah. <laughs> Conservation of shells. Yeah, there were some guys we ran into. <laughs> we did. Listen, we did. there were some guys we ran into at the ramp that were like, uh, he's like, y'all shooting? He said, ah, nah, we shot four, nothing crazy. And he's like, yeah, we shot uh, right at right at about first light, we shot three rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> I said, do what? He was like, yeah, we heard something like on the tusset with us, behind us. And so we turned our lights on. And there were rabbits right there, so as soon as first light came, we shot those three rabbits. So seven forty-five, <laughs> the first shots that ran out of lake were not even ducks; they were rabbits. I take that World War Two story about the submarine that they managed to sink a train. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I heard that. Go out duck hunting, kill rabbits. Yeah, <clears throat> and we wouldn't, managed. To wouldn't be the strangest thing I've seen water swatted. Oh, what, what's what's your list of water swats up to now? Critters water swatted. Oh, uh, I don't know. What did I just water swat recently? That I can't remember either. An odd, an odd creature. I can't remember either. Oh, I a pheasant. Did. Oh, that's right, yeah. a pheasant. Yeah, <laughs> water swatted a pheasant. Yeah, in Alabama. <laughs> that's right. And uh, we also were sitting there, and I'm like, Ethan's like that duck just landed right over there. So I got my binos and I'm looking. I'm like. Bro, that's not a duck. Kind of too far. Yeah, I'm like that is, that's not that's not a real duck. And he's like, no, I swear that's a duck. And I'm like, nah, that's not a duck. I think that's a decoy. Oops. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I think that's a decoy. And I'm like, he looks at it. He's like, no, nah, it's definitely a decoy. So first thing we do, we unpack. We get all packed up and everything, and uh, we ride over there. It picks up the decoy, and he's like. Jim Hasley? <laughs> he was like, one short on Saturday. <laughs> I'm like, that's Hazley, and I have to take a picture with that right now. <laughs> Where is my decoy anyway? In the bed of my truck. You got to pay Ethan his founder's fee first. Go to 7 I'll pick you up a beer. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I don't know how you lost it because it was in the wide open. Yeah, it was wide open. We we looked out all over. They must no, have the boat we we were time. going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. But Briar didn't have a hook that day, so I'm up on the bow of his boat. You know, my knees just screaming at me, picking up decoys, and and it was windy, so it was tough to. It was just just a challenge, you know, without without any sort of hook in his boat to try to pick those decoys up, and we just must have missed one. But uh, you got lucky that we're the ones that found it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why you should put your name on. Should have Easton put your phone number on it too. Didn't should have yep. Easton just call his phone number and be like, "Hey, Jim, this is uh, this is Easton. I've got your decoy. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably come get it." <laughs> oh man, was it one of the big ones? Was it one of the tangle yeah. freeze? Yeah, oh, it was one big. of your big tangle freeze. Nice. <laughs> well, Rick, man, before we let you go, uh, how can how can everybody find you? How many how many articles you got on your blog so far? Uh, right now I've only got, I think, I think I'm at like five or six of the blogs. Um, you know, I got, you know, I've got a handful more sitting in the tank that I just, uh, either got to edit or, you know, kind of waiting to see when I want to put them out. But, uh, you know, obviously, like I said, I'm not gonna, I'm not trying to force feed them down there just yet. You know, I'm not trying to put myself on like a weekly schedule. Just if I feel the article's right or the time's right, I'll put it out, you know, the, the social media is more for the, when I put out the little stuff, you know, I try to put something out at least once a week on there, whether it's a blog or just something, you know, 
like this week I've you know put up basically trying to redo my uh, like tree hangers you know just something that uh, you know helps somebody save some money or something like that uh, the uh, so I got a few of those you know obviously I'll have the one that I plan on writing for this one out uh, Tuesday um, or Monday if I can get it um, but uh, you know people can find me anywhere um, on social media racks for tails outdoors on Facebook Instagram um, I think I even have a TikTok set up with nothing on it but you know just all the social medias I ran down when I did it um, and then uh, websites you know www.racksortails.com um, that's really the only places I'm found right now you know I've Ain't got YouTube, nothing like that. But, uh, you know, it was, uh, used to be, it was a, you're looking for t-shirts. Now you're trying to find just some book, you know, some articles to read, but, uh, you know, hopefully, like I said, the end goal is just to either be able to write to a big enough audience that it's making a difference somewhere to somebody. It doesn't even have to be, you know, really a huge difference, but whether it's entertainment or get somebody into the sport, or, uh, you know, or into this passion, it's, uh, it's good enough for me, you know, and, uh, I'm sure everybody always wants that dream job of, I get to hunt or fish for a living. Well, there's like 10 people that get to do that and actually make a bunch of money off of it. The rest of us are just <laughs> working to hunt, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah. But, do, uh, you, do you ever intend to open the blog up to where like people can submit articles to you or? Yeah, I mean, I want to, you know, obviously, um, you know, it's, it's just like the guys I hunt with. And, you know, I told I told Brad this or whoever, you know, if they if they want to write something and put it up there, you know, we'll take a read at it and look at it. But, I mean, I'm not – I'm definitely open to that in the future. You know, I just – right now it's almost just trying to get my name – you know, the company out itself. Yeah. And, uh, you know, once it gets – if I get to the point where somebody's actually emailing me saying, Hey man, I've got a, an article or a blog post I'd like to put on there. It's kind of like I did reach or, you know, reaching out to will like, Hey man, I just, you know, I'd like to come on or whatever. It's like, hell yeah, man, bring it on. Like that's just one more person, you know, writing about hunting and fishing. So I've got two, uh, I've got two on our website. You can either rip or I can, I can shoot to you for to help fill out for some content. One's on R three and one's on, uh, uh, catch Florida memory. I don't know if catch a Florida memory will sing if you're up in the Carolinas, unless you're writing on a national basis. Hey man, there's, you know, you know, the one thing I learned moving up here is, uh, you know, I was never more than 45 minutes from the ocean or, or salt water. And, uh, you know, moving up here, it's now three and a half hours. You would, you'd be surprised how many people dream of Florida up here. So, you know, I mean, somebody's willing to read it up here. Um, sure. You also rip the recipes if you want. I see your site's got a recipe site that oh, needs yeah. to be filled. Yeah, in. that uh, that started with a uh, a redfish blog post. You know, my my mom and dad always made like a they call it redfish on the half shell, and it uh, you know, I, I didn't know there was any that. other way to do it. That's you know, that's what I said, but apparently there is, and uh, <laughs> um, you know, so I was gonna do something like that. You know, one of my mom's recipes and. You know, like I said, right about the time I did it is when, you know, COVID kind of hit and some stuff kind of fell in and kind of let it fall to the wayside. But uh, I'm trying to – it's right now, it's, you know, as much as it only looks like there's a small amount of stuff on there, it's, uh, you know, there's a bunch of stuff in the works and I'm just trying to 
get stockpiled and then get ready so I can, you know, start putting stuff out on a regular basis and not have it so sporadic. Because, you know, I feel like I've had three three blog posts come out in a very short time. And then, you know, I've been sitting here for two weeks, like, man, I haven't put anything out and it, it's kind of itching at me. So, you know, as much as I can do. And, you know, like you said, if you want to shoot them over, man, I'll definitely put them up. That's a, I mean, that gets, that gets guys pointed back in your direction just as much as it gets them pointed at mine. So fair enough. I, uh, which, you know, like I talked with Will about, you know, I can't stand, you know, I've seen a lot of people in this industry just want to bash each other as they're on the way up, but it's like, dude, we're all doing the same thing. Like if it wasn't for somebody figuring out that they could make money doing this and trying that, there wouldn't be so many people like that. You know, we're otherwise it'd just be a bunch of guys sitting around campfires talking still. So. Oh, we, we don't know what anything like anything about that. Being no, bashed. absolutely not. Absolutely not. Yeah. <clears throat> that doesn't happen at all. Like, sure even not. to this day, that never happens to us. <clears throat> um, but so feel free, man. Keep sharing that stuff to the Underpressure Outdoors Nation page. Uh, yeah, man. And, and grabbing some more people from there and pulling them to your blog. And um, we're, we're still trying to get to 2,000 members. So I don't know if you if you've invited a bunch of people there, Rick. But when we get there, we've still got some tangle free decoys and a like a three hundred dollars GPS to give away. Yeah, <clears throat> for free. Yeah, uh, I know you put that post up. I'll go. Uh, you know, I'll go share that to my page and whatnot. And, uh, I need yeah, to get off actually, my butt and make another one. Yeah, that's actually what. Uh, what you know. You start staring at stuff. You put it up on Facebook or Instagram. Start looking at post engagement and people doing that. And actually, it's been, you know, I put stuff up on mine, and that's reaching, you know, I think I'm sitting around seventeen hundred or something of people that follow it. But it's really been the sharing it to the different groups that I'm I am part of. You know, to your guys's page or, you know, just the random stuff I've joined. You know, when I wasn't doing this, that I've had all these groups and you. You put it in there and it, you know it goes from i can put it on mine and get the initial shock factor but then it's like nothing happens you wait a day share it to one of them pages and all of a sudden you know 15 more people have looked at it so well the thing yeah. uh the amount of crap that hunter rotarius shared to the under pressure outdoors nation page before he became a staple in the under pressure outdoors community now yeah, <laughs> all the <clears throat> all the videos from Florida Outfitters. Now he's been on the podcast several times, and he just comes in and hangs out with us sometimes. But he's always around. Uh, you never know what kind of community you're going to build doing stuff like that. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's again, man. There's there's so many people out there now putting out you know really cool content and stuff. But you know, that was kind of one of the things too. Is I saw. You know, you've got the meat eaters or the big, you know, the big places or like the wired to hunts that do the writing. But like you see plenty of people, you know, putting out the little trying to do the video portion of it, try and be that that cinematic thing. And it's like that's all fine and good. And, you know, and that that takes a skill itself. But I did you know, you don't see a whole lot of people wanting to do the for at least I didn't see, you know, just starting to do the writing part of it. I mean. And it's funny to me because everybody goes straight to video. And, you know, I know you guys put in a lot of time and effort into doing the podcast and your setup and all that. And, you know, that took you, you know, probably a couple, few years to get to that point. And, you know, but you look at people that go out and buy like top tier video stuff. And I'm like, man, you could tell that same story for 
less than a hundred bucks a year for a website. You know, if that's, that's how you want to start telling stories and it probably help you with your video to, to write it down, have a, an idea of how to tell a story and then be able to tell it through video, you know, and it's, and I know there are two different skills and there's not throwing shade at anybody that does that. Cause there's, there's been some crazy people that I, you know, we all look at it on social media where it's like, man, that guy's creating some cool stuff or, you know, they're doing cool shit. And, you know, that's, I've found plenty of guys that I'm hooked on watching anytime they drop a video just because they make awesome content. But who's you know, new? Like, you know, there's Hushin was around for a long time and and obviously everybody knows about Steve Ranella. He's probably done more to help forward hunting to the previously non hunting community, anybody during recent memory, but who in the last two years has really come on that you guys can think of that it just wasn't around two years ago where all of a sudden now they're they're like, wow. So I, I would, I would last two years, but, and not that people didn't know of him before, but to step into the hunting community and really start bringing people from another side towards hunting, well, I would definitely accredit that to Joe Rogan. Oh, yeah, yeah, fair yeah. enough. Yeah, mm-hmm. Rogan through yeah. Nella. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And him, sure. him getting into hunting and, and the way he views it. And yeah. But uh, there, there's his, his reach was enormous when he started hunting his reach right was far, I, it was bigger than steve Ranella. yeah i can't think of anybody that kind of started like we did just like a garage band that all of a sudden has hit it you know but uh, we're good at adding a couple of listeners a month and a couple of you know people to the site and um we got some folks that are we've just made great friends with and i guess that's the most important part is I mean, we did this i i not to sound too arrogant, we do this for us. Well, and, we don't, and, and hope we, that other people enjoy it. We don't just have listeners. We've we've built a decent community. Yeah, well, that's it, and it's yeah. really helped locally. Yeah, the stuff that we've been able to do with the small game, and I don't know how many, how many folks at this point where their first local hunt was because they ran into us somehow. It's been right. really touching. So it's been fun. Shoot, you had. Uh, David at the last Seminole Four small game hunt, he first time out there small game hunting with us, and I think he did the best. Him and his son, yeah, yeah, rabbits and doves and everything else that morning. Uh, but uh, you guys got any closing thoughts? Anybody around the table, Rick? I got. All right, okay. Like, I'll go ahead, bro. Go, go on in. I was just gonna say I appreciate it, guys. You know, this is uh, you know, first podcast I've ever been on, and uh. You know, Brad, I heard about you guys from Brad, you know, a few years ago. And Brad's like, hey, man, you know, my buddies are starting something. And, uh, you know, got me a hat. And I still have that thing sitting in the room. And, uh, you know, he's like, he wears his to death. And I'm, I'm one of them guys where I'm like, like, I don't know, man. I like the hat. I'm trying not to ruin the thing, you know? <laughs> no, man, hey, I'll tell you what. You wear that hat out, dirty it up. I mean, wear that thing out and turn it into something legendary. We'll get you another one. You know, I have a I have a green one that I wear at work every day. It used to be green. Now it's like a nice light shade of gray because I've yeah. washed it so many times. Just washed it again the other day. But uh, it cleans up pretty good. I mean, it's, yeah. it's not green anymore, but it cleans up pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he uh, he handed me that thing, and I'm like, well, you know, Brad's a. I was like, you know, Brad got it, and I was like, I hope he had to pay for it. 
<laughs> yeah. I was like, if you did, I'm gonna hold on to this thing just because that's probably the last thing that I get for him from free. But uh, well, I say that I think you guys know how it is. I think I've got a running tally that goes for three years with me and Brad and Corn. I don't even know who's up on who with money. <laughs> <laughs> Briar, what'd you have to say? I was gonna say keep telling stories. Yeah, oral history is important, and I mean the large majority of our history when you dive deep enough is all oral history. I think some of that, the stories are, I mean, not take away what we're doing here or what you're doing, Rick, but I mean, sometimes the stories are best enjoyed being told and around like a campfire. Yeah. At the hunting camp. So keep telling stories. It's good to keep them alive. And, you know, preserve those stories for other people to hear, too. But sometimes that story is best told around the fire. Sometimes. I'll take another angle on it, though, that we should probably all write a little bit more. If for no other reason, then you can eventually take those things and bind them into a book. You can self-publish a book. and Not necessarily because you're going to go out and write a bestseller. Um, we have a friend in our hunt camp who died this year and when he was probably in his forties and his daughters were leaving the house, he wrote a book of his hunting stories from, and you know, they're just ordinary hunting stories, but he wrote it well. It actually, his name's Jeff Bright and, uh, he did, he wrote it well and he wrote it for a memoir so that his kids would be able to read and understand why he loved to do what he do, what he did. And the podcast and all is great, and I love it. But you can't put it on you can't put it on a shelf. You can't pick right. it up and occasionally browse through it. But we could all, over a period of time, just take time, write some thoughts, write some stories, and then pretty easily these days turn that into a book because someday you're not going to be here, uh, and people are going to miss you. But that'd be a great way for them to remember. Right. Absolutely. I was going to say turn it into a book, but Jim already beat me to it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Rick, I thank you for joining us, man. It's been a, it's been a pretty good show. I I definitely enjoyed it. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It was good to meet you, brother. Yeah. Nice to meet you guys. And like I said, appreciate it. And, uh, if you ever can get Brad on that show, I know you've been trying, man. If you ever can, let me know, and I'll come down and join him for it. Because, that, uh, <laughs> because uh, then I get to really tell, talk shit about him while he's sitting there instead of when he's got to wait and listen to this on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, well, I appreciate it, fellas. And y'all, uh, y'all enjoy your evening, and y'all be safe, man. Yes, sir. Before we let you guys go, though, before we let you go, please write us some reviews on Apple Podcasts and leave us some reviews on Spotify. Yeah. Buy crawfish bowl tickets. Bingo, my man. (laughs) (laughs) Buy crawfish bowl tickets. But we'll catch you guys next week.